I was a rebellious young man, and uh, you know, so I knew that I needed to have some kind of a change in my life. And my grandmother was a, uh, a wholehearted, strong foundation Christian, and and you know, I loved her so much, and she just needed my help. And, and I was like, well, let's let's do this. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Marketing and 1820 Coffeehouse in the heart of Alvin, Texas, and we're in season two of the podcast. Our goal with the podcast is to showcase the amazing people, businesses, and organizations we have in and around Brazoria County. So if you know somebody who should be highlighted, let us know at info at 1820marketing.com. Today, we are again at the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce, one of the sponsors of this podcast. Emergence Functional Nutrition is also a sponsor of the podcast, and you can learn more about them later on in the show. If you're a first-time listener, we would love for you to subscribe to Creating Community on your favorite podcast app. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen directly at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Junior Gordon. He's a local musician from right here in Alvin, but now he's playing all over the globe, and we couldn't be happier to have him on the show. Welcome to the show, Junior. It's good to be here. <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> and we, we can put in some uh, crowd noise, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty good at making my own. You did yeah. good. That was yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so were you born and raised in Alvin? No. Um, so uh, I, I went to school in Conroe, and then whenever I graduated high school... I think the day after graduation, I moved to Alvin. My grandmother was here and um, lived right across the street from the high school. Okay. And uh, so I moved down here to be with her and been here ever since. So uh, it's been 26, 27 years. Okay. Nice. Pushing pretty close to 30. <laughs> so so what was it made made you move from Conroe to, to Alvin? The Just day, to be the here. The day after. <laughs> Well, you know, I, if I if I'm really going to be honest, um, it's because uh, I was in one of those phases of my life where I was kind of running with the wrong crowd, uh-huh. and I knew that if I didn't get out of town, it was going to be kind of bad. So uh, loaded up the truck like the Beverly Hillbillies, and we were gone. <laughs> you know, you um, good for you for recognizing that. Yeah, though. especially oh, at no, that no. age. Yeah, I, I knew. I, I knew. Um, I was a rebellious young man, and. Uh, you know, so I knew that I needed to have some kind of a change in my life. And my grandmother was a, uh, a wholehearted, strong foundation Christian. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I loved her so much and she just needed my help. And, and I was like, well, let's, let's do this. Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I didn't even tell my parents. I just, I told them after I was gone. You just packed up and yes, left. Yes, I did. I did. Wow. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to try and talk me out of it. As, as, so leading up to that, you know, kind of, I had the opportunity to be an aviation technician. Okay. This is something I don't really ever talk about too much, but, um, Spartan aviation in Oklahoma, uh, I had a full ride with them because I worked at the municipal airport in Conroe. Okay. Um, during, during high school, you know, on the weekends and after school. And so they had set me up and I'd gone to the program and we had had meetings and, they had an apartment lined up. They had a, a part-time job lined up, wow. the whole nine yards. And I couldn't do it. Believe it or not, I could not leave home Wow! and go that far away where I knew no one. 
but I knew that I needed a change. Right. So at what point did you tell them? Because you didn't tell your parents till after you left. When did you tell them? After I left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not going to make it. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. But that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, working at the... And so I'm there was an Alvin Airport, but... Clearly, that wasn't really in the cards moving down here. What was it? That- I didn't know. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm coming to such a strange place, you know, something that I had known. Like, I knew where everything was. I can't say that anymore. Right. Like in Conroe, because everything has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, if you know, somebody was here from here in Alvin and they left for, you know, almost 30 years and came back. They'd be like, whoa. What has changed? Right. Pear- Pearland is a perfect example of that. Yes, oh, my gosh. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, but I didn't know that Alvin had any of that. I just knew that I was coming here and I knew I needed something and I had done kind of like, uh, auto, uh, uh, audio work, like, uh, working for, um, like the dealerships, you know? Okay. And so, uh, I went to work for Ron Carter as soon as I got here. Big guys in town. Yep. And, um, I worked for them for Lord, at least eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I started out as a porter. Um, and I just swept the floors and cleaned the cars. And then um, I became a body painter. So I painted cars. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, we're getting a whole lot of inside yeah. scoop. And then uh, at one point in time, I was even the shop foreman. Okay. So so when did music come into the Oh, music's mix? always been there. The music interest has always been there. I can say that, you know. Yeah. Well, And so that's kind of, I love music. Mm-hmm. I cannot sing, He's nor not can good I play. At yeah, no. or playing an instrument, and that's something that fascinates me. What was it like that first time you mm. kind of said to yourself, "You know what? This is something I want to pursue." Well, so again, you know, if I go back and rewind the clock, I just remember, you know, our our weekends were, you know, we'd sit on the tailgates and have the windows down and listen to, you know, George Strait or Garth Brooks, you know. Yeah. Uh, Garth was a big thing at that time. At that time, yeah. Sure. It was a really huge thing. And so, anyway, I, I just remember we'd all sit around and and listen, you know, and, and sing. And I'd sing, and everybody would always say, man, you can sing so good. And I just took it for what it was, you know, worth. I've always had the ability, I remember as a even as a, ch- a young child, to remember lyrics to okay. songs. Like, you know, like they're nothing. Um, so that kind of played in my favor. Right. Right. And then once I moved here to Alvin, um, I had a guy come to me and said, uh, we got a band. And he said, um, we want you to, uh, come be the front man. And I was like, okay. And they already had a front man. So it was a really, it was a a really weird. We want you to come in so we can get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. But I do remember, I do remember the first time stepping on a stage and what it, it was, it was nerve wracking. But was it life changing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the guy that was the front man, he and I became very good friends. He's, he's, he doesn't do music anymore. (laughs) He's actually an airline pilot and flies all over the world. Um, but, uh, you know, he kind of moved over to just playing rhythm guitar. Okay. And then we would kind of, you know, do songs. He'd do, you know, maybe one or two songs a night and they like depended on me to do everything. So it was kind of a, it was a weird dynamic at first because I did not know him okay. and he was very gracious about the entire situation because I didn't know anything about it. I, they just asked me to come do it. And I said, yeah, not knowing that they that already was, had yeah. this guy, but he handled it really good. And like I said, we became friends and 
I, I, I didn't play an instrument at the time, so that was pretty challenging. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny, but I also think of, uh, is it Talladega Nights with Ricky Bob, <laughs> oh where he's like, gosh. I don't know what to do with my hands. And, oh my then, and I think yeah, of that like, just, <laughs> I can see that oh, too yeah. on stage that if you don't have the instrument, even if you're kind of just at noodling first, along. At it, first, it's okay. I will say that. Uh, because I spent a long time not doing anything, you know, and I remember they would have, <laughs> they would, we would have band rehearsals and they had set this big mirror up and it took like half the wall and they would say, you know, like talk to yourself in the what? mirror. Wow. Oh man, okay. I'm telling you, it was, it was so funny. Like, you know, you got to do the, the, the wink and the, <laughs> and, and the, and the finger point. Um, so I did, you know, I okay. mean, I did it. As much as you can imagine a young man that's never done any, a person, period, not going to say young man, a person, period, that's never done something like this. Right. And then you want them to stand in front of people and do these kind of things. Not um, knowing how you look. Right. 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 Well, period. Yeah. It's nerve wracking. But you get, you, get, you get used to it. You know, sure. once you realize that the crowd is uh, listening and they're, you know, they're paying attention to what's going on, uh, then you're like, oh. Okay, it's kind of just like riding a bike. Yeah. The first time you don't fall, you're like, oh, "I can do this." Okay, and so that's yeah. that. The it, but like I said, it does it does wear on you because there's only so many finger points and winks you can do. <laughs> Although right. Steven Tyler has made a career out of it, there's right? a lot of guys that have. I mean, yeah, you know, George Strait doesn't play the guitar all the time, right? Um, there's a lot of guys that don't okay. play instruments. I mean, yeah, but I'm sure that takes a little something special to yeah. just stand up there and know, hey, I just need to hear my voice. Right. Don't yeah. worry about what I'm doing. Just listen yeah. to what I'm singing. I would also think, too, that it's got to be an interesting thing to to not have to – to me, there would be a tipping point that at a certain point in a career, the audience is there to see the person coming on after you, right? And then sure. at a certain point, oh, yeah. people are there to see you, and I can see sure. – once they're there to see me, I have a little bit more confidence. I have a little bit more mm-hmm. energy to get it going versus this idea that I got to go and win them over because right. someone's coming next. And so it's like that thing of the beginning years seems like it would be, oh, they're going to be tough to begin with, but even more so yeah. that lack of confidence. Or It's it's always that way. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty awesome that you point that out because, you know, you do so many shows over the years with different, artists and you know you and and there's there's two sides of it there is that side that these people came to see somebody else um and so that can be kind of like uh but there's also that side where these people get to see you you're in front of them and so now they get to know you right. so that's right you know you grow your fan base yeah has there anybody you performed with or opened for that you were just in awe of that you felt like wow this is the one this is what i want to do and that's who i want to be like well, so I can't say that there's somebody that I've shared the stage with that's um, made me feel like this is what I want to do. I mean, I've, I've, I have idols and heroes. Uh, you know, I mean, who can't love George Strait? And who can't <laughs> right. love the old, you know, the old music? You know, Merle Haggard and George Jones and, and all those guys. Um, I've met a lot of people over the years. You know, they were really so far off my radar that I didn't think would have an interest to me, uh, Willie Nelson, uh, Mel Tillis, wow. Uh, wow. You, you know, and so when you meet them, you, you think to yourself, um, 
Uh, you know, they're not going to have like any kind of effect on me, other sure. than the fact that they're who they are. Right. Right. But they did. They did. And I, um, I've always had my all time favorite is Ronnie Dunn. I mean, that's okay. So, uh, it's one of those things where I could go and watch his shows and just sit back and just be in awe. You know? Okay. And so you've been headlining for a year of uh, quite a few years now. What was that like the first time? Mm. Uh, it was awesome. You know, I mean, I, t I was thinking about this the other day. It's really funny that you asked that because um, we get so caught up in our daily lives and what it is that we're supposed to be doing um, and those kind of things. You know, I think that we all take for granted what our abilities are, you know, what our talents are, right? Um, it's no different than you guys sitting here and you're, you know, you're able to do this. I, I, I wouldn't know how to do it, but you guys do it and you do it well. Right. And so we were at a football game the other day, the U of H game, and it was, it was a really good game. Jake was there. Oh, were you? Yes, I was. Awesome <clears throat> game. Yes, <it> was. <laughs> That's what he was saying. Such an awesome game. Uh, but that you'll, so you'll understand, right? Yeah. In that moment, it hit me and it hasn't for a little while. I've been. You know, with everything that's kind of happened with the pandemic and um, just life, I mean, period, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of get in this place where you just, you're just going through the motions, right? And then, and then you're like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Is it for me? Is it for other people? Those kind of things, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But in that moment when we were watching that game and, you know, there was 30 seconds left on the game <laughs> and he ran that ball from end zone to end zone, mm -hmm. right? Oh my gosh, man. I was on my feet and just yes. talking about it. Like I get goosebumps. How much exhilaration was that? I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. And then he just kept going. He, he was getting hit Yeah, and he was rolling off people and you're going, is yeah. he really about to do this? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're, this can't happen. Yeah, exactly. And so I took that analogy of that, of that, how that happened. And then I kind of thought about like, you know, with the Astros and what's going on with them those feelings, you gotta, you gotta have those feelings of excitement because other people have, for me, it's, it's, it's like, Hey, I write a song. Uh, I don't ever know whether or not it's any good. I mean, it's just a song, you know, to me, sure. I, what I always think is, is bad. Other people love it's kind of backwards, but that moment made me think about, um, how, what I do affects other people. Oh yeah. And it took me out of that kind of funk place I'd been in with, like I said, the pandemic, mm -hmm. I still haven't really recovered from it, you know? Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Well, and I think you're probably used to, how, how many days are you performing in a year? Well, before, prior, yeah, prior to the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, we did about 180 shows a year. Okay. So out of 365 wow. days, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty good number. Absolutely. And post pandemic during pandemic, obviously it might've been one, but mm -hmm. post pandemic, where are you kind of looking at for say this year? Uh, if I had to guess somewhere between 60 to 80 shows seeing, so yeah. And I, and I can see how that would affect you to be there and be in the moment with the fans and stuff like that. To me, I, I love concerts. I don't go to a ton of them. Uh, but I do love that energy that's kind of built yeah. from the experience, the communal experience of being there singing together. 
it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You mentioned a while ago we were talking, and most of the artists that you mentioned were all country stars, uh, mm-hmm. even older ones, some newer ones. Mm-hmm. Tell me, do you listen primarily to country? Do you listen to everything? What is your what is your what does Junior Gordon listen to? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so funny. I don't. Really? I had this conversation with uh, somebody on Friday. Like, yeah, man, have you have you you know you know what's you know going on? Like, who's who's got what song? You know, and or the, what his question was is, do you ever do other people's songs? And I'm like, sure. And he's like, so do you hear something new on the radio? And you're like, oh, wow, let's do that. I'm like, no. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, I don't listen to the radio. Wow. And that's, that was his reaction. Yeah. I mean, and you think, you yeah, know, somebody in music. To me. Yeah. I don't. I, I guess it's just because I just take in my quiet time. Well, you mentioned Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. He knew you, mm-hmm. right? Knew of your music. So clearly he's listening to stuff. Sure. Right. So, but for you, you just, what is the reason for it? You just don't. I don't know. I just, um. <laughs> I, I do find and I do find that whenever I do listen, it's not not very very often. But when I do, I always get something you know that helps okay. me. And so maybe that's why I do that. Maybe it's because I hear something that will give me an idea about right. something else. Okay. And so I kind of pick and choose when I do it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. But for me, the just the peace and quiet because my phone rings nonstop, and sure. emails and. And all that, so it's kind of like my serenity. It's like my place. There's, there's nothing. Just right. the the hum of the tires is all I hear. You know. Okay. Nice. I, I don't think I've <laughs> driven in silence in forever. Like yeah, I, really. I, even if I'm riding with somebody, I have the radio on low just so it's background yeah. noise, mm-hmm. if nothing else. That's I get that so, reaction. Like yeah. I said, it's so funny. Somebody just asked me that on Friday. When I, and, I, and, and just for clarification. University of Houston just played SMU, and the mm-hmm. Astros are down three games to two. So you can put in perspective where we are when we're recording this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when it was funny, because I saw uh, your wife posting about seeing your daughter at the, mm-hmm. the game, and I was like, hey, because we just met her the other day. She came in with your wife to for Bible study. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that's right. Well, no, that's the with, other daughter. Oh, Oh yeah, she was there, and I yeah. she walked in. I go, she's got to be related. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. wow. yeah. That's the other. That's the older daughter. The younger daughter's the cheerleader. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Nice. But they do look a lot alike. Yeah. When so, are you the only person in your family that plays music? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know of anybody else in my family that plays music. Are you an only child? No, I have two. I have two younger sisters. Okay, two oh, wow. younger sisters, and you left them at home too. When you, left. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> but we're still close. It's good. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Um, but no, nobody. Uh, no, I left them behind. That's. <laughs> I never thought that, about that. that, that Thanks. That, no issue. wonder they have issues. Listen, now. Those are just <laughs> the things that Jake says when he's here. No. <laughs> no, no, Dorian said that. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know of anybody. I could be wrong, but I don't. Nobody has came to me and said, "Oh, yeah," in my family. You know. Well, I will tell you, you mentioned earlier, too, I'm going to go back just a little bit. You said sure. that you just had a knack for remembering lyrics, mm-hmm. right? My daughter, she likes to sing. She plays the ukulele. And one day she decided she just wanted to perform. And mm-hmm. we said, uh, are you sure? Like, you're shy. You won't talk to anybody. She goes, no, no, I want to do it. And she got up on stage and it was a totally different person. Yeah. And she's the same way. She sings a song. And I go, I just heard that for the first time. How do you know all of these lyrics? Mm-hmm. So is that just something that's inherent, you think, for, th- for you? It is, and, and um, because I don't have the same kind of memory when it comes to reading things. Okay. 
So lyrics, and I guess maybe it's the association with the chord progression. Okay. Because you got to know both, right? right if you're going right. to play it and sing it. Maybe that correlation puts them together where I remember them like that. But right. I read my Bible every day and I struggle with, I physically have to, if there's a Bible verse that I want to remember, right. I have to write it down and I write it every day. Okay. So that way I can remember it. And it still doesn't work the same way it does with lyrics. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we, we talked about, we interviewed uh, Kobe Routon a mm-hmm. few weeks back and he said when he's playing, he really sees it as colors when he's playing mm. music. Is that the same for you? Like how mm-hmm. are it, for you? It's just the, I, I don't, I don't have any, anything going on while I'm up there. I just kind of just watch the crowd and sometimes it gets me in trouble because, you know, uh, I'll be thinking about what I'm going to do next or say next. Okay. Um, or what's coming up. And then I'll forget where I'm at. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, lyrically, uh, yeah. there's, there, there's been a few times I've been on TV. And, oh, yeah. And we were playing and the cameras are coming around and stuff. And, uh, I, I forgot the words. And so whenever we were done with the show, I was so mad. I was angry at myself and uh, my wife and the guys in the band are like, what's wrong? And I was like, man, I messed up. Like, no, you didn't. And nobody could tell? No. Because yeah. I just made it. I just, once I realized I didn't, I didn't, couldn't remember, and they were my own songs. Sure. And I couldn't remember <laughs> the lyrics. Um, I just kept, made stuff up. And so then we go back, and she had recorded it on the DVR. And I go back and I watch it. And and she watches it with me. And it's not the right lyrics. But it all, you would never but, know. Wow. You know, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, this seems like a great spot to take a quick break, thank our sponsors, and then we'll be back with Junior Gordon to talk about faith and the future. Hi, this is Amy Shelton with Emergence Functional Nutrition. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you looking for sustainable diet and lifestyle changes to get you to the place where you want to be? I invite you to book a free discovery session. Go to www.efn.fit. Hi, this is Carrie Perrin, President and CEO of the Alva Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. Here at the Chamber, we want to support local businesses. We want to give you visibility in the community. We want to give you opportunity in the community. And for those of you that aren't business owners, we want to let you know about all our wonderful Chamber members And if you support them, you support our community. So remember, whether you're a business or a community member, when you eat, shop, play, and support local business, you support the community. All right, we're back with Junior Gordon. One of the things that you mentioned was that you read your Bible every day. Yeah, you forgot. (sighs) (sighs) Well, and, And so... And you mentioned also that your grandmother, who you went to live with right after high school, was a, a godly woman. Has faith always been a part of your life? No. What was the turning point for you? Oh, if we're really going to be honest here, we'd like to be. <laughs> okay. My wife, my wife kind of turned everything around. She's always been um, really grounded in her faith. And, um, you know, I, 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 we grew up in church. Uh, we went to church more times a week than we did anything else. Uh, <laughs> wow. So it really was kind of one of those things where it was shoved on me. 
And, sure. and it was a different kind of church, you know, where um, people stood on the back of the pews and they spoke in tongues. And so as a child, dare I say, you know, for me, it was uh, kind of traumatizing. I was like, this is, <laughs> I don't understand all yeah, this, yeah. you know. But um, so, you know, fast forward uh, to all this time, uh, Christ has always been there when I needed him to be there. Sure. Right. Right. And I think that's a big problem that a lot of people have um, is that they they lean on him when they need him. Um, but then I guess about 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, about 12 years ago, uh, before music was like my full time thing, uh, I'd worked for a company and uh, they went bankrupt. And so I did communications work. And so. Uh, and it was one of those gradually slow things that happened. Oh, everything's going to turn around. Everything's going to get better. Yeah. Um, we're going to take away your overtime. We're going to take away your gas card. We're going to take away your company vehicle. We're going to take away bonuses. Uh, now we're going to have wow. to cut your pay. So this happened stretched out over a while. And all the while, I just kept believing that they were going to, it was going it was to be all right, you know? And, uh, so when the, so we started falling into this financial hole as well as the sure. company. Cause and, you were thinking it's going to turn around. Right. Right. And then, uh, it didn't. And, and so they, they completely let me go. And, you know, here we are with all these kids and my wife didn't work and we found ourselves in a place where we were just about to lose everything. And I tried everything I could to get, this ball, you know, rolling again. I tried right. everything I could. I ever, I mean, it was, it was some pretty devastating times. And then here's the truth. It came to that point where I said, I prayed and I said, I can't do anything about this. If we lose our home, if I lose my wife, if I lose my children, if they're better off without me, uh, whatever your will is, I surrender to you because I've tried doing everything I know of and it's not working. And so I just, I understand whatever you, whatever you got planned for me. Sure. And the next day the phone rang and then the phone rang again and again and again. Wow. And then, you know, we started booking all these shows. Right. And so it was kind of a, it was one of those places where I had to surrender it in order for it to happen. Right. I wasn't in control like I thought I was. So, so how long had you been trying to get the music going prior to that? I had played for many years. I mean, people don't, um, people don't know that or really consider it, I guess, you know, but I have played music for 25 years. There's a lot of musicians that have played 15 or 20 years that were an overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, it wasn't until that point, honestly, that's, that's when it, everything turned around. That's whenever... We did our first record. It's when we did our first music video. We had, you know, um, somebody come in and say, we want to help you guys. It wasn't long after that, you know, we signed with an agent agency out of Nashville. And I mean, that's everything. Everything turned around in that moment wow. for me. Everything. The business and the band, it all it all changed. Yeah, that is fantastic. That, that sounds like a, a lesson that we've had in church recently about holding on really tight yes, to stuff. And then absolutely. when you let it go and let God and absolutely. that's where then all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Over the years, how many albums have you released? Three. Okay. Three. And then, and so what is that process like for you? 
Um, it's always been relatively easy up until the pandemic, you know, um, one of these days we'll stop talking about that. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't say it. No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. But, um, for me, you know, we always write more songs than what we need. And then we kind of go and we pick out which ones we're going to use. And we've always recorded everything, um, locally. Uh, we have a studio in Lake Jackson. This last one, uh, we decided to go to Nashville and just to see what it would be like and get the most expensive you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, recording studio that you can get, which to me, I mean, it was great, but uh, really it wasn't any, it, it sure, stayed, yeah. the product still to me was the same, you know. Another lesson. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thankful that we've got a really good team that makes it all kind of happen. You sure. E- even the guys from, from here went with us to Nashville and pr- still produced the oh, album. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. So who all is in the band? Um, so we kind of switched things up here recently. Um, our drummer just left, uh, matter of fact, about two weeks ago. So we hired a drummer that had been playing for us for a couple of years before that, uh, Joey LeBlanc. He lives in um, Orange. And then our bass player, uh, Lee Blackman, he's been with us for several years, and he lives in Groves. And um, our one of our guitar players lives in Cyprus. And uh, the other guitar player we had, um, he recently just left to try and go out on his own. So, nice. um, and then our fiddle player actually lives in Oklahoma. So it's kind of a, <laughs> yes. And I don't know how he does it, but uh, he makes the trek, uh, you know, every week wherever we are. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Because I know you, you travel all over, but... Man. Yeah. Cool. A lot of our shows have been, you know, pretty close to here. Yeah. Um, recently, you know. Um, so he's made that drive every week. Huh. So, and you've been in, involved with the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo for 10 years or so? Mm-hmm. What, what is Sounds it, about right. Yeah, what is it you do with the Livestock Show and Rodeo? Uh, so we do a lot of committee parties. Okay. Um, you know, the calf scramble or, you know, swine committee, whatever. They, they got tons of committees. But lots of them. Yes. yes they do. So we play a lot of those. And then uh, for Houston itself, uh, you know, we'll do the cook-off. Uh, we've played for the same cook-off team for 10 years. This this would, this would if we wouldn't have missed last year. Yeah. No, 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 we did. We did make last year because they shut it down. Because you were there the first day no. or two? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That was a year prior. Yeah. So we did play in 2019. 2020 we did not okay because they wouldn't allow it gotcha so that was our first year to miss um if we hadn't missed that it this would be our 10th year with that same team and then we play you know they got they have clubs inside uh the rodeo uh like the hideout uh the main club and you know they've, they've got several of them and over the years we've kind of worked our way up to playing this one to playing that one and there's forward steps, you know? Sure. And so this year going into like 2022, we're already contracted. We'll play the hideout and that's all we're, that's all we're going to play. We have a okay. couple of committee parties, but, um, you know, we'll just play the hideout. Yeah. Nice. I'm, now I'm on a committee now, so yeah. <laughs> and, took, and he worked one or two days last year. <laughs> oh. no, well, the year of the pandemic I've worked yeah. cause I'm, I'm on the info team. So we're the ones handing out when people come into the cook off. Yeah. Slips. Yeah. And we were there when there was like, you know what? I think this is going to get shut down. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Maybe, you know. And then the cook off ended. And yep. 
everyone pulled out and they're like, all right, now we're shutting down the rodeo. Well, if you remember, that's that was the big breaking news was the first person that in Harris in. County that that had it was at the cook-off. Yes. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's shift a little bit and let's talk about the uh, the band specifically. So okay. I know Jake asked you about who was in it. but uh, Oh, and I forgot. Our, our sound engineer, Evan, Evan Hunter, has been with us for six years. He's a veteran. He's a cool dude. You've uh, got to mention the sound guy. Absolutely. <laughs> mention the sound yeah. guy. He has the most important job. <laughs> yes, he does. He's got access to the mute button. <laughs> yes. Really what it is. Oh, my gosh, yes. I'm sorry, Junior. I don't know what happened. You just yeah. recorded. Yeah. yeah. He loves the mute button. Well, yeah. let's talk about your current single, She's a River. Yes, sir. So it's number 16 right now on the texas number 14 let's move it up all right let's move up uh so yeah by far one of my favorite songs um just because uh it just talks about life man i mean life isn't always easy right and that's the message that i try and get across to people is that it's really more about marriage um it's more about a um, how people can be broken and people can be kind of set in their ways. Um, so for this instance, it's about, it's about my wife and she, you know, she's gone through some pretty tough times in her life and then, you know, had lost her dad, uh, lost all of her family. Oh. Um, so, you know, there are times where her heart is just really, you know, cold to some subjects, but on, on the other hand, everything else in life, she has the biggest and the best heart around you know she'll do anything for anybody and she's always so sweet she sees the the good in every situation (laughs) you know um that that that's the way that she is and so like i said for me that's kind of like where the song comes from yeah what what does your songwriting process look like it's always different i don't know if it's that way for anybody else but you know for me uh it can be one of those things where i just walk through the kitchen and get an idea and bam you know it's there and within a minute i have a song but there are other times where I have, I still have songs that um, I haven't touched in months. But you have it rolling around somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and those are like I don't I don't forget them. I don't know why, hmm. but I don't I don't I don't forget them. And then there then there's the ones you try and figure out. The ones you try to make you know create. Okay. You know your own artwork, so to speak. Of. Do you schedule time for yourself to sit down and say, okay, during no. this time I need to write out a song. I should. Okay. But no, I don't. Um, it's just kind of when it happens, yeah. you know, um, and that's, that's my fault. That's, that's the only thing that's holding us up on the next record. We got six songs done and I just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, and how many do you try to get for us for an album? T- at least 12, okay. if not more. And, and so when you go into the studio, is that where you flesh it out or do you try and have it kind of mm-hmm. more fully formed so that that way you're, I try to have it. I always try and have it fully formed. It's kind of funny. It's comical. Because I'll share the ideas of how I want the songs to go. And uh, so I'll record them just, you know, just me and my guitar. Uh, sure. What the lyrics are supposed to be and the chord progression and all that stuff. And then they get charted out so that the guys can read them. And then I go to the producer and I say, okay, this is what we're doing. And honestly, from there, he takes it and he just distributes it out to the guys and it doesn't always go like I kind of expect. And, and okay. if it's a good thing, I just kind of let it ride. But uh, if it's something that I don't like, well then they're in the studio. Well, I'll say, Hey, I kind of want to do this this way, you know, but for the most part, I mean, they're just, they're phenomenal. I mean, they just kind of make it happen. You write the song. Do you record your portion of it and then let the rest of the band listen to it? And they go, okay. The drummer says, okay, here's where this needs to go. Fiddler goes here. No. Um, 
<laughs> like I really just don't understand the process. So they I'm they just, just kind of know, and that's what's really scary about it. You know, I mean, they just kind of know. I, I don't I don't know that there's another way to explain it. Do you feel like it's it's sort of like a sports team after you've played yeah. together for a while, you kind of yeah. just gel, and finally you get into this groove where yeah. everybody just sees each other. So just to be clear, like I don't think it works that way with everybody. Right. I just think, like you said, it's the time and the experience um, being with the same people. Uh, They kind of know like what you like and what you think. Whenever they walk in the studio, they kind of have an idea in their mind. And they spend a lot of time with the producer and they discuss it a lot. I got you. So he's probably a good help for you to get people. So what about you just talked about? You just changed two band members. So how does that work when these new guys come in? Well, luckily for us, the drummer had been with us for several years. Um, So we already know, we already have that, you know, set in stone. Um, And it'll be perfectly fine. Um, As far as the guitar player, that's, we got one and, you know, we typically always have two. So uh, that's the really good thing about that was uh, whenever you bring somebody new in and you have somebody that's already there that does the exact same thing. Um, they really feed off of each other and help each other. And th- th- that's really awesome too, that the guys in our group are willing to do that. They want to do that. They want to, they want to help each other grow. Sure. You know, um, it's not, yeah. they don't have swollen heads. It's not and, a competition. It's yeah. Too, yeah. It's not a lot. It's a I'm better goal. than you. You're the new guy. It's not, there's none of that. It's a know? common goal, right? If yeah. you're successful, they're all successful. Right. Right. right, right I got you. Right. Yeah. It kind of, it does remind me of sports teams and Dory and I have talked about it before where, Growing up, I played sports, and there were there were these games where I knew exactly what you were going to do. You knew exactly what I was going to do, and it just flowed, and it was like chess. Yeah, like you just knew it. <laughs> Jake doesn't know how to play chess. Uh, <laughs> I do. It's the one with the little round ones, and you just <laughs> yeah, hop. Yeah, the red and black. Yeah, the red <laughs> and black one. Well, so you you talked about getting into the studio in spring of 2022. Yep. So what what does that process look for, look like for you from now till then? Because you just said you have mm-hmm. six songs and you need another six, right? And I actually, I mean those those six are done. They're they're done and recorded. Oh, um, okay. So I'm kind of ahead of the game, but I'm behind the game because you know we missed. Basically a year, sure. You know, actually more, and and from and and I let me let me just say that let me kind of clear that up. Whenever whenever the pandemic, like we're not going to talk about sure, it, no, no, whenever not. whenever it hit, yeah. a lot of artists were like, "I'm going to bunker down and I'm just going to write, 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 write." I did not because we did so many shows. I really had to find my 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 place. Okay, you know, I wasn't used to being home. Uh, I wasn't used to having all this free time on my hands. Right. And so I really had to find, it really freaked me out. I mean, I remember my wife told me, you need to find something to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're driving me crazy. Um, so I did not bunker. I kind of pushed away from music. Okay. I was kind of like, I've spent so much of my life like doing this that I want to do this. I want to, I want to go in the shop and I want to build something. Right. You know, that's, that's what I did. So Back to your question, I've got other songs. These six are already done and recorded, okay. and I've got other songs that are written, ready to go, uh, ready to you. go. But will they make the record? I don't know. So there's a lot of writing that'll happen over the last over the next couple of months for me. Okay. Do yeah. you think the pandemic helped or hurt the music industry in general? I think I'm, obviously I think, not the I live performance like, wise, but I feel like it hurt a lot of people. And the reason I say that is because I think that a lot of people feel the same way I do. I don't know that for sure. But as far as artists go, I feel like 
um, yeah, we did this. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah, we miss it. But I don't want to go back and do it the way I was doing it. Okay. That's where my stance in it is. So you won't see as many dates on our calendar as you did before the pandemic. Got you. And I've already educated, you know, all of our guys and told them I'm not doing this anymore. Not like okay. this. So if you're in it with me, then let's make it happen. We're going to do it differently. Yeah. yeah. But okay. we're going to, we're going to find, we're going to find the rhyme and the reason for why we're doing this and where we're doing it at. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that the, I think that a lot of people, I think a lot of people were woken up by it. That's, that's okay. what I think. Okay. As far as our industry goes. Well, talk about doing something you have on December 16th, December 17th, 17th. you have yeah. a toy drive, right? Yes, you know, tell sir. us about that, where they can, what they can do, what people can do to sure. help. So we collect, uh, t- uh, unwrapped toys for boys and girls of any age. Um, this is our sixth year to do it. Uh, we teamed up, uh, the past two years. So this will be our third year with, uh, Alvin Hope. Oh yeah. And, um, we give the toys over to Alvin Hope. Uh, Alvin Hope has a list of families in, um, the Alvin school district that need help. Right. And then they let the parents come in and kind of pick out what they want for the kids. We've had so much. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we've had, we've had such a great response from the community, um, I think last year, I want to say that we were able to give out um, 350 toys. You know? Wow. Okay. Um, a guy showed up last year with a trailer, a 16-foot trailer full of toys. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, so anyway, so we do uh, we do music, and uh, it's at Scopel Square uh, here, in, here in Alvin. It's on the 17th. I think it's at 7 o'clock. There will be food trucks. Uh, Corey will be cooking. I know they have like a hamburger kind of deal like that. Right. Um, and then the snow fruit people will right. be there. And uh, Mama Bear's hot diggity Ma- dog. Yeah, right? yeah, yep. They'll be there. Um, and then we've had some, you know, our, our, our sponsor over the past couple of years for the event has been Texas Advantage Community Bank. Oh, yeah, they do a great job. Too. Yes. And um, so we've kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of started growing. And so now we've got, uh, Del Papa Distributing has always been. Oh yeah, they've been a sponsor of ours for many, many yeah. years, and uh, so they'll come in and they'll bring in some stuff. Pickle Jar Live, which is um, a new thing. Okay, um, it's a it's kind of like a they 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 do um, virtual shows for the artist, and okay. they allow a tip jar. It's a new kind of thing. Okay. We just kind of started working with them. They've been, they've been around, they started about the pandemic. So they're going to come on board and we're going to take whatever proceeds that we get out of that. Yeah. And we're going to give it to new hope as well. Okay. And and then, um, there's, uh, of course, uh, Scopel square, Corey Scopel and, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of all the rest of the sponsors. Um, (laughs) well, tell me while you're looking that up. Can people just come out on the 17th to that event, donate there, yes. hang out, get some food, listen to some music? Yes. Are you playing that night? Yes, I am. So, um, like I said, we'll play music, and then we'll collect toys, and uh, you can bring a toy with you. Um, and then um, they will take them over to uh, Alvin Hope that night. Uh, I hear tell that Santa will be there. Oh, sweet. He's been there the past couple of years. Nice. nice. Um, but they typically, like, I don't know if it'll be cold this year. The year before last, it was cold. It was cold. And, they, you yeah. know, they had fire. Uh, they oh, had fire pits. Fire pits yeah. out. Nice. And um, that kind of thing. Uh, it's always a really good time. They they come together and they make really good things happen. Great things, uh, I should say. 
and I'm looking for that flyer. Here we go. Okay. Uh, tech, made in Texas Radio. Um, they've teamed up with us this year. We've been friends with them. It's an internet radio station in Houston. Okay. And so uh, they're helping us get the word out. And um, yeah, that's so that's all of our sponsors. Okay. Now, what the other thing is, and they're trying to work this out, is the um, Made in Texas Radio is working with another company that we've been involved with for a long time and it's uh texas legacy outdoors and so they uh are trying to offer up like a fishing or hunting oh that would be awesome to someone but they're trying to work out those details so i'm not real sure, sure about that but all um, right so if you if you want to help come out december 17th yes. scopel square is at the corner of sealy and at, uh, willis, willis and, and taylor there yes. you go. Willis and Taylor Willis. across from Stanton Shopping Center. Yes. So you can probably park in that big giant parking lot right yes, there. Yes, absolutely. Walk over. You yep. have lots of food, lots of fun, lots of music. Yep. And I know that we'll be posting, you know, links for people that want to give that can't come. Um, so we'll be posting those links as well. Okay. And if we have that before we publish this podcast, we'll make sure that's in okay. the show notes. Yeah. And we'll we'll put good. the links and stuff on Facebook too. Absolutely, so. everybody loves links. Yeah, yeah. especially Jack. It Link. makes it Jack's easy. Links. Well, I know I saw you yesterday. I said, "Man, social media is great." Yeah. So I know you came out to get mm-hmm. snow cones yesterday because you saw it. Yeah. On because somebody else was there. Ironically, they had come to get something else that we had already sold out of. And he goes, well, just give me something that's good that's just like that. I posted it. Then you showed up. I said, look at that. I made a sale yeah. through social media. Yeah. So and fantastic. I posted it for you guys as well. Oh, I saw it. No, yeah. I saw it. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Junior, for coming on the show. If you're interested in sponsoring Creating Community, we'd love to talk to you. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses and people that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. Speaking of sponsorship, thank you to Emergence Functional Nutrition and the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce for sponsoring this show. Learn more at efn.fit and at alvinmanvillechamber.org. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is produced by 1820 Marketing and is available wherever you get your podcast. Show notes and more are available at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next week.